Welcome to the podcast of RUF at Boston University. Hello, welcome back to our podcast where we tackle questions that arise in quarantine. Well, this week's question is a really difficult one. Uh, It's a really challenging one intellectually, also emotionally. The question is this, why does God let things like global pandemics to happen? Why did God allow the coronavirus to spread throughout the world and to kill so many people and to make so many people sick and to affect the economy in this way, etc., etc.? Why? I want to begin by saying that there's nothing wrong with asking this question. Just like children freely ask questions about anything and everything to their parents and teachers, I think it's a shame we've lost our childlike approach to questions about God. Perhaps we, in this time of quarantine, can recover a bit of that, where we can stop and think and explore what Scripture has to say. So why is a really good question. Now, in these times of tragedy, uh, global uh, events that happen, some people, some Christians, can say things that confuse and obscure the truth more than actually help us. What they do is they claim that this is God's judgment on a particular people. And this is not a new response, but it's also a bad one. What we can start with is that in some sense, yes, this is a novel virus, but things like it, pandemics, plagues, natural disasters, war, tragedies of all sorts have been around for the breadth of human history. And so has this question of why. Once Jesus addressed a similar question about a tragedy that happened in the first century when he was on the earth in Luke 13, Starting in verse 4, we read, Those eighteen on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Wow. Okay. So here, Jesus is speaking about a tragic accident. uh, Something where, where people died. And the assumption he addresses is that accidents happen to people due to their sin. Let me be more specific. Due to their sin and not others' sin. Uh, He dismantles that assumption by saying that all are susceptible to this sort of death. And underlying Jesus' words is an understanding of sin. That it is pervasive throughout all humanity. And that sin's consequences... Um, mean that all sinners, meaning all people, will die one day and will receive due punishment for their sin. And this is why he tells them to repent. It is truth that's hard to hear, but so urgently necessary to us all. Unless we repent, we too will perish. There's a theologian who says the real question is not why do bad things happen to good people? Rather, the key issue is why do good things happen to bad people? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and all deserve punishment. 
I'll deserve death. Death comes to everyone, whether it's through tragedy or through old age, natural causes or disaster. In each case, this is the result of this is the result of sin broadly speaking. Yet we should be careful not to say that the reason some people are dying right now is that they are worse sinners than others. I hope you can see the distinction there. So there's this claim that Jesus is making that is universal. All have sinned and all will perish because of that sin. Now that's thankfully not the end of the story and we're going to get to um, the remedy and God rescuing us from that state, rescuing us from death itself even. But Jesus addresses, thankfully, this mis misconception as well. In John 9, he says, As he passed by, he saw a, a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. It's a natural human tendency to want to see causation in this way. Your parents sin, thus you are blind. Or maybe in a more modern context, you sin, therefore you lose your job, you get sick, etc., etc. There are times when this is actually true, times in the Bible when God makes this very clear. Uh, we don't have to guess. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, King David, Moses, were all people um, who sinned, and there are, there are certain consequences for that sin that are clearly written for us in Scripture. But in most cases, um, in the vast majority of them, and today, we do not know the mind of God, what he is doing, and what his reasons are, and why this virus has spread throughout the world and taken so many lives. We don't know this causation directly. Therefore, we should not pretend to. Okay, so we know a few things so far that all have sinned and will perish because of that sin in a broad sense. And what do we do? Those of us who are still alive, maybe fearing death, fearing the consequences of sin, we must repent. But secondly, we cannot relate sickness or tragedy to sin in a specific sense, like these people in John 9 are trying to do with a man born blind. Now, this might sound like this is totally contradictory. Nathan, you're speaking out of two sides of your mouth. You're going back on what you said. Uh, this is not contradictory, but it's in accord with God's word. I want to give you an example, well, two examples that I think illustrate this. Job was a man who was blameless in the sense that we are told that the hardship he was undergoing was not due to any particular sin. It was because of reasons known only to God. Now, Job was human, 
he wasn't divine, therefore he was not perfect. So when we say that all mankind must repent, so must Job. And Job does repent. And he believes in God. He believes that his Redeemer lives. Now who is this Redeemer? It's Jesus. Now Jesus was fully human, fully divine. He was without sin. He was perfect. Now, if you're using the logic of a lot of us and the way we, we tend to think in a human way is that if he was perfect, he would never have undergone any hardship. He never would have suffered. And in fact, he never would have died. But look in the four Gospels, the accounts of the passion, the suffering of Christ. Look at how he suffered. Look at how he was beaten, mocked, stripped, flogged, hung on a cross, suffocated to death. And on top of that, forsaken by God so that the wrath for our sin could be absorbed. Jesus was perfect, and yet he suffered. So we know that we will die. Each of us will die one day, whether tragically and sooner than most or at an old age due to natural causes. And this is the curse of sin. And yet, while we are on this earth, we sin. And yet we live. And this is merciful. This is gracious of God because we have an opportunity to repent and believe the gospel. It's only Jesus who suffered and died, even though he was perfect, who can save us from the punishment for our sin that we deserve, who can give us his record of righteousness so that our souls can be with God safe eternally in his kingdom so that the curse can be reversed in us. At all times, whether during a pandemic or during peace and prosperity, it is good to consider this anew. You are a sinner and Jesus is a savior. We can say this because the Bible states clearly that it is his will for us to be holy. Any time, every time is a good time to repent and believe in the gospel. Now, philosophically, this question may still remain for you. Why would God choose this way to do things? When God could very well stop evil, stop the coronavirus, raise those who have died, why doesn't he? To the first question, maybe I can't give an answer that would satisfy you. And I would say that we should be careful of attempts to go beyond what scripture tells us go beyond the words of scripture to seek to know the mind of God. But by answering the second question, which is, why doesn't God stop it when he could? By answering that question, we may be given a clue to the answer to the first. God did enact a plan to stop evil. And not just the symptoms, but to root it out at its very core. 
And not only that, but to make all things new. You see, God does have a plan. He does have a plan for resurrection. He raised Jesus, giving us a preview of what will happen to those who repent and turn to Jesus. God is doing something. He has done something and he will do something to reverse the curse of sin. Uh, to bring those who repent and trust in him into his presence as resurrected bodies to enjoy him forever. There are many attempts to resolve this philosophical question. And many are too neat and are flawed because they stray from scripture. What we see in scripture is Jesus suffering, dying, and why? For our salvation. Because he loved us. And so this is where any good response to this question should begin and also end. I'd love to follow up with you guys, rufbostonu at gmail.com if you're not connected to me already. Would love to continue this conversation. Uh, praying for you guys, love you guys, and hope to see you in person soon.